Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Vinnie McDaniels of Zaracopia Urban Gardens to talk about his experience with Waterwise Gardening. Vinny has been gardening in the Phoenix area for over 15 years, teaching organic gardening and holistic living. His handiwork has graced the pages of Phoenix Home and Garden, Popular Mechanics, and Dwell Magazines. How cool is that? He's been on various local television programs and was featured on Sundance Channel's Big Ideas for a Small Planet. Applying permaculture concepts and xeriscape principles, his vision is to teach and educate others on the joys of urban agriculture, self-reliance, and growing your own food for improved nutrition and optimal wellness. Vinny is currently developing Xeracopia Urban Gardens, a hands-on learning space in downtown Phoenix. Welcome to the show today, Vinny. Welcome, Greg. It's good to it's good to be on air with you. Yeah, I want to well, be on air, and we're <laughs> we're actually in the same space. You came to the to the uh, studio today, right? I figure why be virtual when I can just you know take a little short drive in route and uh, get some you know get out get some fresh air, right? Nice, 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 nice. So, I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? All right, my path, my uh, my grass laden path, <laughs> getting here. <laughs> Uh, probably uh, what really got me started here uh, was getting a house. So at the time, you know, my wife and I, we had bought a house and she said, why can't we have flowers? And I said, okay. And there was, got a shovel, started digging, started planting stuff, started killing stuff, started planting <laughs> stuff, started killing stuff. And, um, and after you, you do that a while, you learn, you learn a thing or two. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what uh, got me moving along there. And as I learned a little bit, you know, I was working in an office at the time and a few people had the office plants. They'd ask me questions about the plants. Oh, and so I'm yeah. like, all right, let's do this. And they said, hey, I got this bush in my backyard. What is it? And how, <laughs> what do I do to it? And, you know, and so I would, you know, I'd say, all right, well, invite me over for dinner and we'll talk about your yard. <laughs> and then that evolved into, you know, invite me over and I'll give you my rate and we'll talk about your yard. Exactly. And so then that spun me off into doing my own business with a lot of it. And so mm-hmm. from there... I just it just grew from there. You know, started the Maricopa Master Gardener program. Oh, nice! So I did that. Did the 
permaculture design course, which I love. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did do the PDC, didn't you? Yeah, that's probably one of the most powerful uh, courses I had taken to date. So that was wonderful and eye-opening. Uh, mm-hmm. So much in line with what I felt just deep down. Yeah. Going through there, it, it shed so many things I was learning, studying, and you just take it all off and you start fresh and you realize it's, it, for me, it came out to be something like, I know all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's like, I already know this. You know, growing up in Southern California, uh-huh. we are, you know, you grew up as conservation with the owl, Smokey the mm-hmm. Bear, blah, 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 all, all right. that stuff. Yep. And it was just part of your life, you know, turn off the faucet, you know, <laughs> how to water your trees and all that kind of stuff. So getting into it from this bent of it as an adult, right. you don't realize like a lot of that stuff's just, you know, almost ingrained. But it's, even then when we were as kids doing it, it was almost mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, duh, that's just how nature designed it. Right. So that's how, you know, and then from there, I just got into it and, um, you know, learning through permaculture principles, zero escape design principles. Mm-hmm. A lot of that really opened it up to where you back up and you stop doing so many of the steps. It's not so much a recipe. It's more of a feel. I, I was liking gardening to cooking. Mm-hmm. You don't. You stop following recipes and you just cook something. And you discover it's... Yeah, yeah it's you, you, you discover. Course. You discover. Yeah. And so that's, yeah. that's the power of it when you really, again, put down the recipe, put down a lot of the books, and you just go, what's going on? What's in my fridge? Mm-hmm. And I look at the garden. <laughs> what's in my kitchen? What's in here? What's in your garden, maybe? I say, that's just it. Yeah. So I look at the garden as like a kitchen. It's a kitchen. Right. So you, you take that bend and go, what's back here that I can use? How can I use this dish? How can I use this appliance? Mm-hmm. What's in the fridge? And here, you know, so I, I really took that approach um, to the core principles of permaculture and xeriscape mm-hmm. observation 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 oh yeah just stop and see what's going on what's nature already doing and thus began kind of like the core of what my own personal tenants are mm-hmm. so that's where you know and then it just evolved evolved business-wise uh meeting persons like yourself you know i love how how you and i are our fun story how we met i think three times or four times something like that <laughs> remind me though as, as brand new people you know where i i got to know you when i was working in the office i would right. visit the farmer's market and uh-huh. you were there doing stuff oh so my I, gosh that was over a decade ago oh yeah getting getting close to, well, well over 15 years so well meeting you there and then when i kind of got into the circle of master gardeners and then mm-hmm. permaculture they said you gotta meet you gotta meet greg do you know greg <laughs> have you been to urban farm that was the first day like, have you been oh, no i've got to go check that out yeah. and Hey, you got to meet my friend Greg. And I meet you. I go, hey, we know each other. Yeah. And then somebody do you know Greg Peterson? I'm like, Greg Peterson? I don't know Greg Peterson, I don't think. And, you know, shows up and goes, the oh, urban farmer the, guy. the yeah. Greg, the Greg I know. That's the one Greg, that's <laughs> yeah. the Greg I know. So there you go. When did you do the permaculture design course? So I went through perma, uh, the PDC. It was 2006 was when I went through. Oh, very you know, good. So that was when Don was teaching it. Don was teaching it. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, a number of other, I think um, Myron was there right. and a lot of the other guys so it was you know great a great um you know a great cast of characters it was, yeah. it was a powerful oh yeah you know getting in getting involved with the vpa at the time the valley permaculture oh, alliance yeah. so that was pretty powerful was kind of getting in, into that circle and kind of knowing the people but also being i didn't realize so much that i was one of the, the key core people as i as he, as i evolved through it i know isn't that cool so it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm one of the people, the go-to people with that. Yeah. So it's a wonderful thing. Well, let's kind of un- unpack that a little bit. You said you're the, one of the go-to people. How did that happen? Well, part of it was with the, going through the permaculture design course, mm-hmm. the PDC. After I completed it, 
and they, they had asked if I would go ahead and be one of the one of the instructors for one of the following courses. Nice. So you know where my schedule was and how things were, I, I wasn't really available to do it. However, they had asked that we were doing some of the other off courses. You know, some of the classes we started to really push a lot of the classes. Right. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll throw my hat in there. We were doing them at the farmer's market. Right. So downtown market. Yeah, so we yeah. were doing a few courses that. there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I love teaching. I thought I was doing what at my corporate job. Yeah. So I was a corporate trainer. All right. And so I was doing that. And then from there, I started teaching, you know, one class here, two classes there. And then as I, as I learned, so that was the powerful piece of my classes was, I think, the, the VPA period was that you were learning from someone who, would, who was learning or had just learned that learning, or was yeah. mastering that. Yeah. So that's what I was teaching was, here's, here's what I know up to this point. So I, and I tell everyone, whenever you take my class, take it again if you haven't taken it in a uh-huh, year right. because I guarantee you it's completely different because yeah. from what I've learned or I learned, here's a better way to teach it or here's a new piece to add to it. Yeah. So that's, so that, and that evolved more with the VPA and then with other organizations. So from there, they would, you know, City of Phoenix or City of Glendale will contact them. We need a speaker. You know, nice. they would point me that direction. And then that got me moving into my own direction of I would reach out to the City of Phoenix directly and say, hey, let me do a, <laughs> a lunch and learn. You know, then I'd yeah. go to a different organization, work with Intel. Hey, let's do a lunch and learn. Let's do something. You know, you guys have all this space. What are you guys doing? Or I drive past the organization. I see these, you know, for lack of a better term, not quite successful planter <laughs> areas. They'd have, All the time. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I always say, you know, I never ask, like, who's growing things? I always say, who has things in pots, you know? Right. <laughs> and so so from there, it would I would just, I, then I became my own agent to where I would say, I, you know, I think it would be great to teach something with you guys. I think it would yeah. be great. And finding community gardens. And so it was kind of a back and forth where they were seeking me out and I was seeking them out as well. So re- really what I want to point out of all of that, the nugget that I see in that, that you kept just, you just kept showing up. Exactly. You know, you just kept showing up and, and being great. Yeah. That was the big piece of it was Mm -hmm. that I, and so where I talk about my classes and what makes it unique about me and what I, what I bring to it Mm -hmm. is me. It's my experience. And so the, the core of my experience, everything I teach from is, 100% 100% something I've done wholeheartedly mm-hmm. hand hand by hand by hand. Yeah, yeah. And even even some of the things that I've that I've even learned, you know, a lot of the aquaponics, hydroponics, I'll teach it, but if I teach it, I'll I'll definitely get involved to it. Right. I got to get some hands-on. Yeah. I got to figure out the system. I got to really learn. I don't just go to a book. I don't go to the YouTube. Mm-hmm. You I get do it. it. I take classes. Yeah. My, I'm a, I'm probably one of the most, you know, I, when I was teaching at the VPA, mm-hmm. I take classes just as often as I teach them. I know. Isn't that great? So I, I love, love it. learning. I love, love, love learning. I love exactly. it. Even with some of the other organizations yeah. that I'm working with, with Desert Song, doing classes there, taking some of their classes and seeing, you know, who's, who's, who's involved here? What's their, what are their tenants? What's, what's, you know, what's their doctrine? What are they, yeah. what are they, what, yeah. what do they mean? What do they want? What's their purpose? What's their mission? And I'm going to point. I'm going to point out here also. Those all those questions you just asked were observation questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's what I I just observe and I go, and I, and I look for part of it like what's my connection to this community. Mm-hmm. So even even in my own back my own backyard backyard. So <laughs> I start my classes out there. Who has a backyard? They all raise their hand. I go. All right, stop it. You don't have a backyard. It's called a garden. 
It's called a garden. It's all garden. Nice. They just put a house in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, that's great. And they, and here's the thing. They probably put the house in the wrong place. Oh, absolutely. Because know my house is in the wrong dang place. Right? Yeah. yeah. So a piece of that is here's the community. Here's mm-hmm. the environment. What's my part in it? And humans are funny because we think we're so special with our thumbs <laughs> that we're not a part of nature. Right. And we are. So much of us that we remove ourselves from it. We think nature's out there and we're here mm-hmm. when we, you know, and I love the people who live in, you know, in the wild desert. I go, why are these coyotes in my yard? It's like kind of your yard's in their yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so you're the one cheating. So when you, we see ourselves as part of that community, you realize how much broader it is and basically how much more you affect in that community, in the mm-hmm. garden. What's your real role in it? You're not just out there planting seeds and watering stuff and picking stuff and planting seeds and watering stuff and picking stuff and tilling the soil and tearing stuff out. You're not doing that. You, the fact that you go out there and you sit and you observe and you walk and you, I call it plant dap. You just walk and just brush your hands across uh, the wildflower, yes. brush your hands yep. across the vines. Right. You know, the low hanging branch, I high five the leaves, you know, <laughs> little tree dap. But you engage with that environment. You you are a part of nature. Mm-hmm. You're that, you're the, you know, I call it the sustainable component. You're the piece that keeps that pulse, the whole mm-hmm. big piece of it. So right. it's a huge thing. And, and when, That's you, beautiful, man. when you can connect to that and realize. Connect to that pulse. Yeah. That you, you're part of that. You're part of that heartbeat. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was, you know, when one of the, one of the, one of my hardest lessons, I think at the time, you know, I was having some, uh, you know, through my marriage and when that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I would say with that, when that went fallow, mm-hmm. so <laughs> well, that's a good way of putting it. We're still best friends to this day. So through that process, you know, where there was, it was tumultuous and we're going through that. The garden showed it. It oh, yes. totally as much I was out there doing stuff and uh-huh. doing stuff and doing stuff, not working, not working, not working. I'm like, what is going on? I'm the, I'm the guy. And it was my, my own spirit, my own pulse mm-hmm. was off, was not thriving. Yeah. Was not thriving. So I was in a place that wasn't, you know, fully enriched with nature. All of nature wants to do is just, I just want to live and shine. <laughs> Everything is just like, yay. Hi, sun. Everything's like reaching for the sun, mm-hmm. reaching for the sun. Yeah. You know, when mm-hmm. when our spirit's not there, when we're mm-hmm. feeling down or let's say, you know, when we just disappear, you know, I'm going to go on vacation and disappear and somebody's just going to come watch the garden and water stuff, you know, maybe nine times out of 10, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe they might water maybe. nine times out of 10. Everyone, everyone's got a story that says, yeah, I let somebody water while I was gone. And, you know, they killed everything, you know, everything died in their care. And it's just, they don't bring that pulse into your environment. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like it's like when you remove the wolves. Okay, now the coyotes. <laughs> show up, yeah. Everything goes out of out of balance mm-hmm. when nature has a perfect imbalance. It's not about out of balance. Out of balance is one thing. Imbalance. You take a seesaw, that's balanced, right? Oh yeah. What good does seesaw if it's balanced? It's the perfect imbalance. You go up, I go down. Uh, you push up, I let go. It's ebb and flow. Right. Summer, winter, falls. It's 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 the seasons. It's the equinox. It's how the sun moves around. Mm-hmm. It's day, night. It's all these things, this perfect imbalance that's always happening. So that's us affecting wow, that. That's a great metaphor, man. Yeah. So these so these are the ways that I've kind of experienced that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just about step one, step two, you know, right. plot it out. Make sure it's, you know, one foot square here, square there, and how many things you can put in there. It's just like let it let it feel itself. 
You know, let things, I like to say, let things be born there. That's why I'm a huge proponent of seeds and growing from seed mm -hmm. is allow things to be born there. When they're born there, they're, they're from that. You know? right. I'm from Southern California. I'm a beach guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I can smell ocean when I'm 300, 300 miles away. I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm close. I'm What closer. are you doing in Phoenix, Arizona? And, yeah. So, I've, you know, it's just, it's just in your essence mm -hmm. of it. So there's certain climates. You know, I'm, I'm from the Southwest, so hot weather is my thing. You know, I love it. Right. You know, put me in Chicago and I am useless. Oh, yeah. You know, I might you might get one month, one good month out of me, but I've been to Chicago and yeah. it's, it's kind of cold and windy there. That's it's not little, my gig. Yeah, I know people love it, but that's not my gig. Yeah, but people who were born there, lived there, uh -huh. it's like they know, like that's just that's just what you know. That's just for them. Right. So that's a big piece of just like mm -hmm. again learning what your environment is, who who grows there naturally, who doesn't, and but even great, the great thing about it is we can again have that effect to say let's make this area a little bit shadier. Let's make this area a little bit cooler, mm -hmm. a little warmer, mm -hmm. a little more arid. So we play with those components in design. Um, so that's so those one of the key things with what we're talking about, zero escape, you know, principles and mm -hmm. permaculture concepts where we have that effect to say, how do I do this? You know, where the two really come together. Zero escape. And I'm just going to kind of define it for everyone. Go. So with zero escape, people think, oh, that's, you know, rocks and cactus. Yep. Desert landscape, right? That's, zero escape. That's what I thought. And it's even, it's, it's spelled with an X, so it makes it even yeah. doubly hard to pronounce, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's the, it comes from the root word xeric, you know, arid. Oh, right. Okay, which good. Which is arid, mm -hmm. you know, aridscape. Uh, but the, the power of the aridscape and the, the term actually was wrought from Colorado, mm -hmm. where they're all oh. about water management mm -hmm. and you know little little side side note please guess guess where guess what colorado is for the whole southwest they're the spigot oh yes absolutely so you know color uh, arizona nevada california mm -hmm. that's colorado's their water source the right. colorado rivers yes. so they have to manage the water water wise management so but also they're a rocky climate so they don't have much soil when you think about it. Right. So they have to, like us, you think, oh, it snows there and it rains there, they get weather. Yeah, and it all just washes away because it's mm -hmm. built on a mountain. So when you look at other places like us where we don't get the rainfall, we get our seven at, at I laugh at the people say, oh, we get about seven to 10 inches. No, we get about seven to seven and a half inches now. Yeah. And you know, when do, when do we get our rain? In a day, you know, pretty much, <laughs> we get all, pretty much. Yeah, so all of our rain happens instantly. So how do we manage that water that's just one big, you just took a bucket, a gallon bucket of water and said, drink this gallon right yeah, now. Exactly. And you just dump it on your face. How much water did you really drink? So how do we, how do we temper that? So that's zero escape, you know, water, mm -hmm. water, arid scaping, water wise management. So it's about where's the water and how do we use it effectively? You know, we have cactus, we have Bermuda grass, we have oleander, we have mm -hmm. hibiscus, we have citrus trees, we have vegetables, raised beds. How do I use my water for the optimal effect? So that's what the zero escape piece of it is. So, you know, we have our seven, our principles of zero escape and those kind of drive us into that. Okay. The, the root of it is observation. And then how do we manage our functions out there? Stacking functions, which sounds takes, very permaculture, to which me. takes us into permaculture, right? Permaculture, tenant number one and two observation and then stack your functions. Yep. 
you know, our, our core, our, our mascot, the chicken, you know, we, we talk about the, you know, the 14 and the, the 19. Well, I got 22 uses, you know, right. input outputs for, so let's, for that. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you here because um, for those of our listeners out there that don't know what stacking functions are, please tell mm-hmm. us what that is so we can. Yep. So, so to kind of to pair the two where we're talking two different sides of the, you know, I say two different sides of a book, you know, two mm-hmm. different covers of the book is really just based on that stacking functions. How, what do we, what do we call that? You can almost call it your recycle concept, mm-hmm. you know, where we all say, Oh, how do I recycle upcycle, reuse, repurpose, mm-hmm. you know, rethink. That's my thing. Reduce, reuse, rethink of how we use things. So stacking functions is let's say I've got a, you know, my roof, the water runs off, makes a big puddle over here. Right. How do I get this water from puddling? Mm-hmm. Well, why would I invest in gutters channeled over here and run it off my property or run it over there into the, to the big open space. So it doesn't make a big puddle by the house. Okay. That's one. Or I can plant a thirsty tree mm-hmm. close by a citrus tree, a fruit tree. Oh yes. For what it costs to, to plant a tree doesn't cost much. You know, the investment, the, the little bit of labor, you plant a tree and then let it go. It's drinking all that water that's mm-hmm. running off your roof when it does. Plus we planted a fruit tree. Of course. So not only do we get to not have to spend money on gutter systems, Mm -hmm. we don't have to figure out how do I keep this puddle from puddling and getting worse. The tree is now drinking all that water. The investment was 30 bucks, 50 bucks at best. The tree is drinking the water. The tree is getting big. The tree is now going to shade the house and cool the house a little bit, Uh cool the soil a little bit. Maybe I can even plant some other stuff under there. But on top of that, it's a fruit tree. So now all that wasted water off my roof that mm-hmm. was creating a big puddle mess is giving me fruit. So you see how we can outthink the problem in permaculture. The right. problem is the solution. solution. That's yeah. one of our, you know, we, we need t-shirts on that one. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, we look at the problem. So how do I solve this? And how does that, how does that effort give me a highest return? Yeah. So we look at it, we go, I got all this water, I can do all this stuff, but all I did, all I did was plant a tree. Perfect. So let's, let's boil that down. Stacking okay. functions basically means using an asset as many times as you can. Exactly. Right. And in your, in your example, you're basically suggesting that we harvest the water off of the roof, direct it to a fruit tree. So that's a, sec, you know, a secondary use for the water. Mm-hmm. And the fruit tree gives us mulch from the leaves. It gives us fruit. It gives us shade. Yep. Stacking functions. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And Beautiful. Then, you know, and then you can always think of like, well, I can plant stuff under that tree. Yep. That's always get. That's also just getting the residual water. Mm-hmm. You know, and doing other things. So, so same thing like with Xeriscape. So our our thoughts there is, when you're looking at that, you figure how do I manage my water. So same thing. So if I got an area that's got a wet area, or better yet. Mm-hmm. A dry area, let's say my sprinklers aren't working right. Right. Which happens. Yeah. But the valves are leaking. Oh, and, yeah. You know, the $2,000 it's going to cost to redo my irrigation system, my sprinkler system, I, I really don't want to do that. So I can take it, take this option. How about I convert the grass into just, you know, desert scape, gravel scape, mm-hmm. but I plant a few hardy cactus, a few agaves, mix it up, but it's all in the design. Make it look pretty. Right. But where the valves are leaking... There I can plant some wildflowers, some natives, you know, some salvias, some penstemon, some things. And these things I can just plant by seed. You just oh, buy right. $30, you know, $3 worth of seeds. Mm-hmm. And these things not only just grow, but they produce more seed. 
And on top of that, not only am I producing more seed that I can use throughout my yard, how about I produce more seed that I can just harvest and put in little baggies, give to friends. Share with other people. Or I can entrepreneurialize that and say, mm-hmm. hmm, how about I start harvesting my own seeds, put my own little, little label on and sell them for a dollar. And at some point, I'm going to save up enough money to buy my sprinkler system. <laughs> there you go. You know, there so, you but yeah. so you see out there how we just kind of rethinking and stacking the function, exactly. stacking the idea of like, how can I repurpose, you know, and, you know, upcycle my, my thinking through mm-hmm. this. So that's what a lot of it is. Fantastic. But, but you can always, you know, you can always get and do a good Google search for zero escape principles and they'll give you the, the whole tenants there, but mm-hmm. also permaculture principles. Absolutely. And it'll give you kind of that and it'll define more specifically. You mentioned earlier our mascot, the chicken. The chicken. I love the permaculture chicken. We have 21 hens here in the backyard at the urban farm. Oh. They pretty much roam free in our backyard. But why did you connect stacking functions and the chicken? Please tell us about that. So where the chicken being the mascot. When mm-hmm. you have just one chicken. So what do we have a chicken for? People go, well, chickens lay eggs. Yay. Bingo. Right. So what's it take to, to keep a chicken laying eggs? Chicken feed. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't have a dog or a cat that you're not just paying food for a dog or a cat? Right. Are they laying eggs? No. So <laughs> the investment you pay in, let's say a pet, mm-hmm. for what you're paying for a pet, which doesn't do much aside from going, hi, welcome home. Sorry, I puked on the carpet. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. At least the chicken's like, hey, I made some eggs over here. Oh, and I can, left some poop behind. Can you grab? I left some poop. Oh, by the way, you can use that to for fertilizing the garden. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I went and scratched up the garden a little bit more, so mm-hmm. that yeah, you can, you know, you don't need to till. Like scratch that up and dig that. Oh, by the way, all those those dead plants that were over there that were kind of dying and were done. I ate those ate for them. you. Yeah. So oh, I, and the bugs. They ate the bugs. Yeah, and they ate the bugs. Oh yeah, all those bad pests over there. I ate those too and kind of fed yeah. myself. So I'm, I kind of fed myself. I could use a little bit more, but yeah, I fed myself. <laughs> I did that, and you know, all right, and you know. When all else fails, we go, all right, we'll have a nice little Thanksgiving celebration for our friend, Harold, the chicken. Yeah, no, no. You know, we, don't <laughs> so, no. we don't do that here at the right. Farm. But, although, although you could. I mean, I, I have actually in the past raised meat birds here at the urban farm mm-hmm. and butchered them. And I'll tell you what, I went through that process to understand that process. Once I did it, it's like, okay, I'm much more of a vegetarian now. Right. Right. And so, but, and so there, and you, you understand like the real impact again. Yes. What's my impact here in this environment? Mm-hmm. Like what, how do, how do I affect this? So, so there, so with the chicken, so we see one chicken, all I have to do is feed it, give it, you know, build it, build it, build it a shelter somewhere mm-hmm. to house them. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes a little bit of effort and some costs. Uh, you, you can do all kinds of different things. Uh, I had a friend, they actually reused an old dog house. They made a little chicken coop. Oh, nice. Perfect. You know, so you can, so you can get creative with mm-hmm. it. But even, again, even still with that investment, you build a nice coop. You can house three to four chickens, which means three to four times, you know, the eggs. times the eggs. Yep. And with that, now you now you got three to four chickens eating all your pests, eating yep. all your bugs. When your garden gets spent and it's done, instead of running through there and having to pull everything out and haul it to the compost mm-hmm. and do all this... You just let the let chickens, chickens lose. They do all of that. Then they just, then they turn all the soil for you too. So while they're eating all that, they're picking through the soil and looking for bugs, but they're kicking up and digging up the soil. They're tilling, tilling the yeah. soil. I'll tell you what, chickens are awesome tillers. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, so yeah. I want to I rent some, I have a compost, so we'll get into compost more, but I have a compost pile. Chickens do magic oh, to a compost. They will expedite a compost pile <laughs> probably two to three times faster. faster. Yeah 
then because they're constantly agitating and, and oh, yeah, moving stirring. And they're yeah. doing the compost stirring and turning for so you. let's talk compost. We're right here. Talk about compost. Compost. So to get back to my story. So I was a, I was a master gardener. I was a gardener. Uh-huh. Love my plants. Love my natives. I'm in the Southwest. I'm all about it. And I thought, I, I'm going to try my hand in vegetable gardening. Why not? Let's grow nice. our tomatoes. Yeah, absolutely. So I get some seeds. I plant some stuff and I do stuff. And of course they die. And I plant some stuff and things came up and then they died. And I plant some more stuff and they came up and I bought some stuff. I thought, well, let's just buy some real good hardy stuff. And I, that came up and they died. And then I planted those and like, ooh, look, something's up there. It's almost a tomato. And I forgot to water it and it died. Uh-huh. <laughs> vegetable we're gardening. Gonna talk, we're going to talk more about this here in a minute. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Vegetable gardening was the stupidest thing I thought, period. Stupid. Just why are people doing this in the desert? This is uh-huh. dumb. This is a right. dumb idea. But I'm composting like nobody's business because I've got all this yard waste. Again, doing my zero escape thing, you know, managing this, using it for mulch and all this other kind of stuff. Free fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So I've got a great compost system going on. So I'm, you know, just... Yard waste, just nothing but yard waste. Yep. Yard waste, kitchen scraps, household stuff, everything into the compost. And I'm doing this, and I'm putting it out there in my yard and planting, you know, planting some flowers and some wildflowers and putting it in the soil. And you know, lots of weeds and little things are coming up. Some of them are wildflower seeds and mm-hmm. different things. Nice. And so I'm seeing some things. I see some different things. Well, what is this one? Okay, but master gardener principle, zero escape principle. Don't pill it. Don't pull it till it blooms. You see what flower it is. So you, you know, know what it is. If right. it's a real weed. Uh, most weeds are just unpretty wildflowers. So you know, I call them, I call them, I call them Jan Brady wildflowers. Oh, there you go. So, so at some point I, I realize I've got all these tomatoes coming up in my garden. Mm. I, and I, I noticed I was at, I was at a home at a nursery and I go, wait a minute. That's, that's what's coming up in my yard. Those are tomatoes like weeds everywhere mm-hmm. because they were coming up from my compost, from all the tomato seeds out right. of the kitchen. Yep. So haphazardly, I fell into edible gardening based on compost. I go, mm-hmm. I said, stop buying stuff. Stop trying to grow it. Throw seeds out. That's all I did. I put seeds everywhere. I buy a few good. I, I learned the quality of seed, quality of plants. So I would go yeah. to a, a better nursery and buy better plant quality. But from there, I went, well, let's grow this. So I would grow stuff and I would harvest the seeds. I would go to farmer's markets and oh, harvest the seeds. Nice. And again, put those into the compost. I mm-hmm. would effortless. It's like. Nature, nature was doing it the right way. I'm just going to follow suit. So a lot of stuff was coming up, and then I started to build my own system. So through the magic of compost, a lot of this started to happen for me. So compost was just, and compost is just making soil, making fertilizer, all these things. Here's what I call compost. Compost, you're just feeding bugs. Okay. Stacking functions. Oh, yes, of course. My bugs are my pets. <laughs> so all this stuff that I've got in my house, mm-hmm. I got all this office paper that's shredded, all these documents, mm-hmm. important documents. You want, inform- you want identity security? Shred it and compost it. Trust me, nobody's digging through your compost. I know, but <laughs> I, I am going to say this right now, though. I don't know that you want to actually compost uh, printer paper with uh, ink on it from the printers because of the chemicals in that. I so, get into that. So what's your take on that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that because it's it's plastics that's going on that paper. Mm-hmm. So here's my so here's my bent on that one. All right, please. I'll kind of take my down my down my route of it. Uh-huh. That which does not kill me doesn't matter. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but well, but a lot of it was well twofold. Number one, so a lot of things like why do we compost a lot of things mm-hmm. to not throw them away wherever right. away is yeah you know I love we, that wherever we call is. it we call it close the loop well right. so i'll talk more about close the loop in you know in our in our permaculture talk 
but it's about how many things do I not have to throw away and take the garbage to the curb? Mm-hmm. You know, the recycle bin and the garbage oh, every yeah. week, every week, there's always tons of stuff. And I started to realize I could manage that to where I was taking my garbage can to the curb once a month. And that was nice. because I had cats. So I had to get rid of the kid. Oof, you couldn't take it. Yeah. But it was an empty garbage can mm-hmm. because everything went into the compost. And so through that process, I realized how much I can manage. And I was testing. This is me just doing my lab. So I'm seeing like what can right. go into the compost. Oh, yes. And what's the result on the back end? Mm-hmm. Like what, what's the real effect? You know, and I know and I know sometimes people can have their sensitivities about some things. But for the most part, a lot of standard print ink now, mm-hmm. soy based, you know, a lot of ink is now soy based. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of paper is now, you know, 10 percent, 20 percent, 50 percent repurpose, Re- repurpose, reuse. Yeah. Reuse, yeah. reuse paper product. So so but also that's something on my end where I can have effect and go, hmm, if I'm going to buy this, what am I bringing into my system? Yeah. What am I bringing into my compost, which is my bug food, which is my plant food there you go so how am i going to feed my plants which feed me mm-hmm. and that's a that's a decision so see how this observation takes us all the way uh-huh. back to what's my effect when i buy this you know when i buy this you know portable disc and it's in this big old you know 12 inch by 12 inch plastic cardboard packaging yeah thing. mostly plastic i understand that yeah and so you kind of rethink like what's your what's your point there what's your purchase point there versus how does that how does it affect my garden here yeah so that's what so a lot of the things where i was managing them through the compost to say like one how does it break down how does it affect my plants does mm-hmm. it affect my plants and at what point does it remediate how much does it not not pass through i really want to acknowledge you for something because um i will try pretty much everything here at the urban farm. In fact, a few years ago, I tried Roundup mm. um, in just a small spot in my front yard. Um, I, you know, tried a little bit of Roundup and I followed the directions on the Roundup and I discovered that it doesn't work. Exactly. It doesn't, does, wor- it doesn't, it doesn't work. work. But I did that experiment mm-hmm. and I was bold enough to do that experiment. And so I really want to acknowledge you for being bold enough to experiment with this stuff because we have to, we have to push the edges. Yeah. And then we have to make a decision for what works for us exactly yeah and that's the whole decision again that's why i say this is your environment Mm -hmm. so again so i'm going to bring us to closing the loop Mm -hmm. please this is about you know we all want to do our part on the planet save the world i want to save the planet and save those people there and say it's like (laughs) here's my thing you want to change the world change your world yeah and if everyone did their part change your world that has that effect out and about mm-hmm. you're the you're the demonstration you're the practice so someone's observing you they're going hmm i'm gonna do that too but you're taking care of your little your little plot right there right so experiment and i always you know i say when in doubt leave it out mm-hmm. you know oh nice uh-huh. in the compost you go oh what i don't know about diseased plants so throw them in the garbage yep. i don't know about this and that i don't throw them in the garbage i don't know he said put the ink in there i don't, I don't trust it throw it in the garbage throw it in the recycle you know, so manage it on your own. But I, my garden is, I call it my lab. People say, oh, you have a beautiful garden. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, this is an it's awesome lab. lab. Yeah. That's what, yeah, it all, that's what it all is. So, but, but that, again, as a, as a teacher, as an instructor, how can I teach it if I can't say, here's how it worked. Here's some things Very that may good. not work. Yeah. Here's some things. Here's a, here's the gray area. So this may work for you. This may not work for you. But, it, you know, it's like, it's like the gardens are as 10 times more different than each individual us. Yeah. You know, gardens have their beyond a thumbprint, beyond a signature. So it has a pulse. It has their own I unique love that. pulse. That is beautiful. That their is own unique just beautiful. pulse. Yeah. And also I'll share with that, with that pulse of it is 
not only so not only am I having an effect with the bugs, mm-hmm. I'm I am now cultivating bugs, wildlife, which I call my self fertilizing garden. Mm. This is my compost system is about mm-hmm. how many bugs can I inoculate into this soil, generating great soil because all all good soil is is bug manure, mm-hmm. you know, bug waste. Yep, exactly. The more they eat stuff, they're remi- they're they're getting it through their system. You know, if I if I see a, if I see a whole cadre of dead cockroach outside my compost all right i'm gonna worry about what i threw in there. exactly but for the most part somebody's eating it and cleaning it up mm-hmm. you know the earth is its own stomach so that the compost is just the stomach and intestine of the earth so the more we can support that we do that we put that back in the garden the bugs are now in there the bugs are inoculating the soil now the bugs live in the soil so guess mm-hmm. what the bugs are doing in our actual garden eating and pooping, eating and pooping. They live there. They're making babies, eating and pooping, making more babies, eating poop. They're now producing more fertilizer naturally in the soil. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to do the till, you know, the no-till concepts yep. of how do we preserve our, our soil better? Don't till it. Leave the bugs where they live and keep them, you know, just support them. You're right. So again, I feed my bugs. That's all I worry about. They'll take care of the plants. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say bugs, let's kind of tease that apart just a mm-hmm. little bit. You don't mean just like cockroaches. You mean, oh, do, do you mean the soil life? The whole thing. So we call it the soil food web. Yep. Oh, perfect. So you can even search that term, the soil food web. And there's from everything, from uh, the from the birds mm-hmm. down to the cockroaches, down to the lizards, down to the cockroaches, to the um, pill bugs, mm-hmm. to earwigs. Uh, centipedes, millipedes, etc. Then these the micro, little guys, worms, yeah. organisms, these yeah. bacteriums, all these fungi, all these things are in there. All diversity, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that what any good community is about? Yep, absolutely. You know, what are the greatest cities in, on the planet? The most diverse cities on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this, all this amazing life. Europe, Europe is teeming with it because there's 900 countries in you know, in that small space. <laughs> yeah, in the size of Texas, you know, that kind of a thing. So. So we want to make sure that that's what we're doing with that, with the soil. So we're building our soil, mm-hmm. working on that. So it's just one of those, again, stacking functions. All I do is compost and build soil and throw seeds out there. Nice. That's my real effort. Nice. I, I play and do other things, but as far as when I'm really producing, mm-hmm. all I'm doing is building my soil, planting seeds, building soil, planting seeds, harvesting seeds, throwing everything mm-hmm. else into the compost which builds my soil, plants my seeds, and that's where we say close the loop. I don't throw anything away. Uh-huh. So my waste stream comes into my property and it ends in my property. It stays on site. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm going to shift a little bit on you here. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what did you learn from it? Okay. So I'll just go back to that story where I started ed- edible gardening. That, yep. That's like my number one. Like, uh, I, and, and this is good because I wanted to talk to you about killing stuff. Yeah. And oh. People always say, how do you know so much? You're so awesome. I said, you killed $2,000 worth of plants? You got you to learn real quick. You're yeah. going to learn something. Yeah. So that was a part of my, of my lesson. I would say that's the, that's the bloody knuckle to breaking mm, the board. Yeah. That's the bloody knuckle to breaking a board. You want to break a board? You're going you're gonna to yeah. punch and punch and punch. And one day you, you punch through and you're like, oh, how did that? And you somewhere in that, in that process, you don't just break a board. You, you practice and practice and yeah. practice and practice and practice and it comes through. Gardening is that, is that practice. practice it's, a, yeah. it's a push-up. It's a push-up. Mm-hmm. It's a push-up. Mm-hmm. It's a push-up. Now I can sit here and do one-arm push-ups because every day for the past nine years, I've been doing push-ups. push-ups. Yeah. So, you know, people, wow, how do you keep your body so great? And so? Every day, do a push-up. Every day, do a push-up. Yeah. There's that pulse again. 
This is it. So, oh, I want to come back to that. So your pulse, you being the pulse in the garden. Here's where a lot of my gardening starts. Uh-huh. The observation thing of it. Right. It's the most amazing thing where I walk into someone else's place, a garden, but even in my own space, where I just show up and I'm out there and I'm looking for things and observing and all of a sudden hummingbirds just show up. Isn't that nice? They're just like... I love it. Like, how did they know I was out here? They just, you know, they and they buzz around your head for, you mm-hmm. know, 10 seconds or so. Like they're, hmm, they're taking, you know... Saying taking, hi. Saying hi, but taking inventory about yeah. this. This is the guy. Okay, I remember this guy. We're, okay, I remember you. <laughs> and off they go. And I say, yeah. they go, they go, and I say, they put it on the Twitter, you know, the, the natural Twitter with the, through the tweets. <laughs> so the other birds find out and the other birds find out, then the bees find out. And then all of a yeah. sudden you're out there one time and you know, see, you see the big carpenter bee and, mm-hmm. and that just starts that you're out there every day, just taking a walk. Just go, Oh, that looks better. That looks better. That looks yeah. observing. You're just taking that mm-hmm. walk through there. You're bringing that pulse in there every day. And as you start to plant things and grow things and that's, plant things and grow things. Yeah. That's our big takeaway for today today's podcast plug into the pulse just yeah i love that the, what's the pulse of your garden I love what's that. your garden pulse so what do you consider your biggest success well probably my one of my biggest successes i would have to say is my feature on sundance channel that was a really wonderful oh, project yes it was it was it was that was fun i had i was in, involved yeah, you, on the periphery i didn't get into it but yeah then. so it was a it was a wonderful thing to kind of throw that together i mean we made that whole project happen where the team came out and they wanted to shoot something and we literally did it in four days where we converted a front front yard of grass and turned it into a, a nature oh, I remember that yeah I remember that yeah so it was a wonderful project so that was kind of a fun thing that not only just Fantastic. the project itself but the the actual the piece of it itself was wonderful yeah perfect what drives you what's your big why creative expression hmm, people nice. think it's something about doing something uh-huh I'm here's the thing. I'm out there just playing with God's crayons that's what I call it oh that's so nice so no matter what I do how I do a push-up, I'm being, it's a creative process for me. Mm-hmm. When I'm teaching somebody, it's a creative, it's not just like a functional, it's a creative process. It's a given, yeah. it's, it's mixing paint. It's playing with the blue in the sky. I'm, this is what I'm doing with people in the audience. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, so the gardening is even more that, where it's like, oh, let me try the seeds here, try the seeds here, try the seeds there. Try the seeds here, try the seeds there. Ooh, it's April, it's June, it's August, it's December. And I play with that, and I'm just playing with God's crayon. It's a, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, you know. Nice, nice. So, what cro- what projects are you currently working on? So, my current two big projects. Number one, we talked about it, Zeracopia. That's mm-hmm. my place, Zeracopia Urban Gardens. Mm-hmm. My original place, Zeracopia City Farm. That's mm-hmm. where that was my original lab. Right. I call that one the lab, and this one's gonna be. The, the the master the the one real piece so mm-hmm. Zeracopia Urban Gardens I'm doing and that's going to be my own teaching space where I'll be teaching nice. a lot of my own classes oh nice I'll incorporate a lot of other components because mm-hmm. I have a big but one big I call it the Palladium one big space where we'll do uh, lectures we'll do yoga classes we'll do Tai Chi classes I'm also going to be doing a lot of cooking so I'll start my whole series where I, for my space it's going to be my grow it cook it live it see series where oh. we actually I teach you right there within 20, 20 feet of itself, mm-hmm. you learn where to grow it. You learn how to cook it mm-hmm. and you learn how to live it. We actually sit down and we actually cook cook it and eat it right there. So that's my space. Sweet. Uh, my other big project I'm working with is uh, my community tire salsa garden. Oh. So it's a wonderful project here in downtown Phoenix, uh, you know, just right off Central and the uh, mm-hmm. I-17, way yep. downtown. Um, community Tire Pros, one of our local businesses, they had an old tire yard. And we converted their old tire, concrete 
parking lot, basically, mm-hmm. converted that into a big old community garden. Nice. So we do a lot of events there, and we're going to have a lot of events really launching this year in 2016. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm all about education. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, is there one book that kind of lit your fire around gardening and xeriscape and so on and so on? Oh, books, books. <laughs> my In my two cabinets of books, <laughs> my favorite all-time book, uh-huh. And I wish I could one day write a book as good as this. Uh, Kim Nelson's out of Tucson. Kim Nelson's Desert Gardener's Companion. Oh, nice. Amazing book. The beauty, the beauty of it is it, it goes month by month by month, mm-hmm. and it just talks about her story. So it's like you, you're getting her lab notes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I love this. I'm reading her lab notes year after year after year, and I ended up cultivating my own lab notes. Mm just kind of following her practices. Some of the right. things I, I, I tried, some of the things I'm like, eh, I'm not really interested in that component or that component. You know, bulbs, that was one thing I did a little bit of, but she goes in extensively in it, which is gorgeous. Um, but that was one of my, that's still probably one of my top books that I could recommend Fantastic. is Kim Nelson's Desert Gardener's Companion. Perfect. Great. So one final piece of advice for our listeners. Just start. So don't think too much into it start now because in the three years you're like oh i'm in an apartment or i'm renting and i'm doing this you're probably going to still be in there there's six months into your lease nine months into your lease mm-hmm. you could have harvested <laughs> twice if you would have just started so right. just start now and easy ways to start you take some classes urbanfarm.org you know mm-hmm. from there i'm going to have my site set up you know xericopia urban garden but you can find us on the facebook uh, but that's so find those places where you can take some classes go to a community garden learn there a lot mm-hmm. of people are just looking for help so you can actually help out and get something from it learn something but they'll they'll share some of the bounty as well so but get started right now look at your local resources get involved and but just start now start now the longer you wait the longer it takes you to get that fresh tomato <laughs> and i love what you said earlier you're playing with god's crayons that's just beautiful that's my favorite that's beautiful well thank you so much for joining us on the show today and sharing your experience with us Vinny. it's been a treat to chat with you about all of this how can our listeners get a hold of you you can always find me i'm on i'm on all the social media Vinny mcdaniels so even on my website i'm redoing vinnymcdaniels.com perfect but my best place is going to be on facebook Vinny mcdaniels and also urban or xeracopia urban Gardens and that's Xericopia with an X X E R I C O P I A Xeric as in Xeriscape and Cornucopia, oh, so nice. a Cornucopia bounty from a Xeriscape space. Perfect, so that's the whole point. Perfect. So you can find me there, and that'll be on all our show notes pages. Oh, wonderful! Perfect, perfect. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast, Greg, my friend. Thank you again. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. 
They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.